spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. And this is the way that I want to begin the program today, and this is the way that I want to try and explain the issue to those who might not be in the loop. Pardon me if it sounds a little self-serving, but it's a great means of me illustrating what I'm trying to do and what I think Facebook is doing and doing wrong. If you were to go to my website today at Smirconish.com, if you were to receive today's newsletter, and I sure hope that you're registered because as I'm about to document, it's worthy and it's free. Here in no particular order are the links that I hand-selected before coming on air today. The benefit of my read from last night, my read from very early this morning I've got space for 20 items that I can put in front of those who follow me. I've got The Intercept with a story written by Ryan Grimm about how Josh Gottheimer and the problem solvers got outmatched by the Congressional Progressive Caucus, obviously relative to infrastructure. Vanity Fair has a profile of Connor Lamb, a member of Congress of Pennsylvania, running for the United States Senate, a story about how he might be the best hope that Democrats have to keep control of the Congress. Well written. Mark Baraback from the L.A. Times, a piece about uh, Kirsten Cinema that he wrote from the ground in Arizona. By the way, a guest on the program later today. Former Defense Secretary William Perry in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, writing and advocating, and this actually is today's survey question, about how no president should have the sole authority to start a nuclear war. So, so far, you've got The Intercept, Vanity Fair, The L.A. Times, and The Wall Street Journal represented. Shall I continue? The Hill, a story about how Senator Cinema, the attacks on her have become increasingly personal. CNN's Stephen Collinson talking about Mitch McConnell's role relative to the debt ceiling. The Washington Post, how Donald Trump wanted to announce his 2024 bid, but has been convinced that he needs to sort of step back and offer instead a wink and a nod toward an unofficial candidacy, lest he become the midterm election's sole issue. New York Times, how about this story? Andrew Yang has now become an independent. Guy runs for both mayor of New York City and president of the United States States as a D, and now he is an I. Welcome to the fold, Andrew Yang. NBC Chicago affiliate. Man, what a strange story this is about a mid-morning gunfight which left one shooter dead and two of the suspects wounded, stemming from this internal dispute about from two gangs. And apparently, because they are viewed as combatants, nobody's getting charged. What? William Shatner. 
at age 90, is headed into space. That comes from USA Today. NPR, a story about Senator Blumenthal and the issue I'm discussing now, whether Congress is capable of regulating social media platforms, wired with a good analysis about today's hearing on this subject before the Congress. The New York Post, got to have a little New York Post, got to have a little Brian Laundry, got to have a little Gabby Petito. The Alex Murdoch case, new insights from the Daily Mail. The Philadelphia Inquirer has a a fellow from Cato who I thought wrote a very interesting essay about how we need to legalize heroin and save lives. NBC News, Henrietta Lacks family, you know that story, right? Suing Big Pharma over the use of her cells. The Hollywood Reporter has the ratings on Tom Brady versus the Pats on Sunday night, biggest Sunday night game in nine years. The BBC about now, a Catholic Church scandal in France, and a Times of Israel story that we'll get to later about Sarah Silverman. Okay, what's the point? The point is, I've hand-selected those stories because A, I think they are content-worthy, and B, I think that on balance, you're getting a lot of news there. You're getting information from the right. You're getting information from the left. You're getting information that doesn't come from the right or the left. It's just interesting. I mean, William Shatner going into space. I don't know. Is that conservative or is that liberal? So every day on the website, every day in the newsletter, that's my news feed. If you're a Facebook user, then you're getting Facebook's news feed designed specifically for you. Mine is designed for all of my listeners, but Facebook's is designed specifically for you. And Facebook made changes in 2018 to the way in which they would go about determining what information they were giving to you. In January, and and as a matter of fact, Nick Clegg, on behalf of Facebook, explains it as follows. In January of 2018, we made ranking changes to to promote meaningful social interactions, MSI, so that you would see more content from friends, family, and groups that you are a part of in your news feed. This change was heavily driven by internal and external research that showed that meaningful engagement with friends and family on our platform was better for people's well-being And we further refined and improved it over time as we do with all the ranking metrics. Key key sentence coming up. Of course, everyone has a rogue uncle or an old school classmate who holds strong or extreme views we disagree with. That's life. And the change meant you are more likely to come across their posts, too. So they changed the newsfeed algorithm. They changed it theoretically to promote well-being, acknowledging that by increasing the access that you had to people in your orbit, nasty stuff, angry stuff was going to take priority. And by the way, the more priority it would take, the more engagement you exhibit, the better it is for Facebook. And Francis Haugen has been telling that story in the Wall Street Journal has been covering what she's reporting. In fact, I liked something that they published on September 15, Keech Hagee and Jeff Horwitz, who's been a guest on this program. Uh, Headline, Facebook tried to make its platform a healthier place. It got angrier instead. 
And here's a, a very good, basic, I can follow, you can follow discussion of what I'm referencing. The 2018 algorithm change affected Facebook's central feature, the news feed, a constantly updated, personally customized scroll of friends, family photos, and links to news stories. It accounts for the majority of time Facebook's nearly 3 billion users spend on the platform. The company sells that user attention to advertisers. Both on Facebook and in its sister platform, Instagram, accounting for nearly all of its 86 billion in revenue last year. All right. So this is where they're making their money on the news feed, on keeping you hooked on the exchanges that you have with people who are in your business or social realm. Back to the Wall Street Journal summary. A proprietary algorithm controls what appears in each user's news feed. Okay. I'm developing a news feed for you based on just one person's effort to try and provide balance, but what they're giving you is much more sophisticated and tailored specifically to you. It takes into account who users friends who users are friends with, what kind of groups they have joined, what pages they have liked, which advertisers have paid to target them, and what types of stories are popular or driving conversation. Facebook internally was framing this as a sacrifice. Mark Zuckerberg said in explaining the announcement, I want to be clear, by making these changes, I expect the time people spend on Facebook and some measures of engagement will go down, he wrote, where else on Facebook. But I also expect that the time you do spend on Facebook will be more valuable. And if we do the right thing, I believe it'll be good for our community and for our business over the long term as well. The goal of what he was trying to do was reverse a decline in comments. And instead, what they did was create a format whereby Facebook became a more intolerant place. Quote, Facebook's solution was to create a formula that measured how much meaningful interaction a post sparked and then organized the news feed to encourage as much of that as possible under an internal point system used to measure its success. A like was worth one point. A reaction, reshare without text or reply to an invite was worth five points. And a significant comment, message, reshare or RSVP was worth 30 points. Do you understand they were creating a numeric value for how they already had it, but they were tweaking it for how much reaction you got. So what do you think gets the most reaction? What gets the most reaction is, is, you know, not necessarily a story about William Shatner, not necessarily a story about Andrew Yang joining, uh, you know, going, uh, joining the independents. Um, nor I'm trying to think of what else I posted Sunday night ratings from Brady breaking a, you know, a nine year streak in terms of how many people were watching. No, it's the race stuff. It's the pitting the far right versus the far left stuff. It's that which is going to fuel you up so much that you might come out on January 6th and who knows, break into the capital of the United States. And therein lies the harm of what they have done. To go back to Francis Haugen, who today will testify and will equate Facebook with tobacco, seatbelts, and opioids, here's the way that she describes it in part in her opening statement, of which I have an advanced copy. When we realized that tobacco companies were hiding the harms it caused, the government took action. 
When we figured out that cars were safer with seatbelts, the government took action. And today, the government is taking action against companies that hid evidence on opioids. I implore you to do the same here. Right now, Facebook chooses what information billions of people see, shaping their perception of reality. Even those who don't use Facebook are impacted by the radicalization of people who do. A company with control over our deepest thoughts, feelings, and behaviors needs real oversight. But Facebook's closed design means it has no oversight, even from its own oversight board, which is blind, just like the public. Only Facebook knows how it personalizes your feed for you. It hides behind walls that keep the eyes of researchers and regulators from understanding the true dynamics of the system. When the tobacco companies, see if you agree with these comparisons. When the tobacco companies claimed that filtered cigarettes were safer for consumers, it was possible for scientists to independently invalidate that marketing message and confirm that, in fact, they posed a greater threat to human health. But today, we can't make this kind of independent assessment of Facebook. We just have to trust Facebook in what they say is true, and they have repeatedly proved they do not deserve our blind faith. The inability to see into the actual systems of Facebook and confirm that Facebook systems work like they say they do is like the Department of Transportation regulating cars by watching them drive down the highway. Imagine if no regulator could ride in a car, pump up its wheels, crash test a car, or even know that seatbelts could exist. And then finally, she concludes by saying this. Facebook wants you to believe that the problems we're talking about are unsolvable. They want you to believe in false choices. They want you to believe that you must choose between connecting with those you love online and your personal privacy. That in order to share fun photos with your kids, with old friends, you must also be inundated with misinformation. They want you to believe that this is just part of the deal. I'm here to tell you that's not true. The problems are solvable. A safer, more enjoyable social media is possible. But if there is one thing that I hope everyone takes away from these disclosures, it is that Facebook chooses profit over safety every day. And without action, this will continue. That's the message that Francis Halgen is going to deliver today. And I'm hoping that a large part of the questions that she'll receive, sure, address the subject of self-image among teen girls. That's really important stuff. But for our purposes, those of us who you know congregate at a radio station like POTUS, there's a very important aspect of this, and it's the way that the dialogue, you know how I always say, change the channel, and I'm talking about radio and television and internet? Well, it's, it's no more true than it is at Facebook, because Facebook is providing so much of the news and information based on the algorithm, which they changed in 2018 to people who are getting whipped into a frenzy Because Facebook wants their engagement. All of which, I guess, is a very lengthy explanation as to why yesterday at Smirconish.com, 6,718 voted. Is Facebook or social media more generally the primary cause of polarization? And do you know what 69.87% said? Yes. Today at Wired, one of the pieces that I flagged and is posted in my own news feed, 
Gilad Edelman, who's been a guest on this program. This Facebook hearing will be different. One final paragraph, if I may. This is the way he sums up the issue that I've just tried to outline. What exactly do the documents show? Meaning the documents that thus far Francis Haugen has leaked and the Wall Street Journal and now other outlets have picked up on. The Wall Street Journal's reporting in an ongoing series called The Facebook Files is so far the only window into the question. This is really a good, tight summary. According to one story, the one that I was reading from, Facebook's changes to make its ranking algorithm favor meaningful social interactions, a shift that Zuckerberg publicly described as the right thing to do, ended up boosting misinformation, outrage, and other kinds of negative content. It did so to such an extreme degree that European political parties told Facebook they felt the need to take more extreme positions just to get into people's news feeds. Think about that. You're a political candidate. You're trying to reach folks through Facebook. What do you do? You say crazy stuff. Otherwise, you're not getting any attention. When researchers brought their findings to Zuckerberg, the journal reported, he declined to take action. Another story documents how Facebook's X-Check program applies more lenient rules to millions of VIP users around the world, some of whom take advantage of that freedom by posting content in flagrant violation of the platform's rules. That's another subject we talked about here recently. You might remember when I had Jeff Horowitz on the program and I said, hey, Jeff, how come I'm not on that list? Yet another perhaps most important published so far suggests that Facebook's investment in safety in much of the developing world where its platforms are essentially the Internet for many millions of people is anemic or non-existent. It's just a total, this is me speaking, Wild West. This is really, really important stuff, and I hope you're up for a conversation about it. One last thought, if I may. Now having heard my relatively superficial overview of the news feed and algorithms and how information ends up on your Facebook page that maybe you never thought of before, take a close look today and and see what's, you know, see what's listed there. Here, I'll give you a quick example, if I may. I'm not a typical Facebook user because I use Facebook primarily as a means of communicating with the people who watch me on television, listen to me on radio, and otherwise are aware of what I'm doing on a, a, a public stage. So I'm not there posting family pictures and so forth. I, I really don't have the ability, unless I were to have a private page just for that purpose. Mine is much more public, much more open, much more as a, a clearinghouse of what goes on in public. But I do, I, I can illustrate the same point, because for Google News... I do look every day at what they are suggesting to me. And if I look at Google News right now in real time, here I see uh, a Politico story about the debt ceiling and Mitch McConnell. Okay, I see a number of stories about Kirsten Cinema. I see, interestingly, a number of links being provided to me about Facebook. How does that sound so far, by the way? Stories about the debt ceiling and infrastructure, stories about Kirsten Cinema, stories about uh, Facebook, stories as well about the California oil spill. I was just there. I've done a lot of California reading. Um, and then on a local level, they've got some stories. Let me just see what's here. And then a local story in Philadelphia about the trial of a union boss. Guess what? I know Johnny Doc. No surprise. But do you see what I mean? How Google News 
has they know me. They've they've I've just given you five or six examples of exactly how they know what I'm interested in. And it becomes self-reinforcing. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.